hundred bucks a month for unlimited golf with a cart. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. No, right. Audio zone. We're good. We're here. <laughs> we all the walls. It's running. Nice. Well, cool. But, um, yeah, so we'll start out. Ryan, welcome to the Varden Podcast. Thank you. We're going to start out with a little bit of roll call. Okay. So I'm Jordan Abner, and I'm kind of everyone's assistant, just making sure everyone's got what they need. That's right. And I'm Jordan Waymont, and so we call ourselves Jordan Squared. And I am the captain of sales. Ooh, I'm nice. gonna I'm gonna leave it at captain for now. I like that. Like <laughs> I'm Carson Williams, and uh, I'm I'm really just a utility player here. I do everything everyone needs. So, yeah, I love it. Uh, I'm Ryan Boswell, and I'm here. Sweet, dude. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, love it. So, um, really, just kind of start. I may have told you this already, but the whole reason we're doing the podcast is we started the brand Barton. It's a golf brand that's really kind of bringing influence from a bunch of other sports and. Um, so a lot of alternative sports, yeah. moto, wake, ski, all that kind of stuff. And instead of saying, hey, look at us, we're this and we're that, we've really tried to identify people that are our people. And you epitomize our people. And so that's why we have you on the podcast is we really want to kind of highlight you. We're not going to talk a ton about Varden in the podcast, but as we talk about you, people will get a better understanding of what Varden is. Love it. So, so super stoked that you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you sent us a bio. There's a little bit more that I know about you than just the bio that you sent <laughs> over. Um, so we'll kind of go through a little bit of the bio, but then we'll kind of let the listeners know kind of who you are just a little bit. And then as we get into the podcast, we'd like for people to know who you are personally, what you're doing um, work-wise, and kind of you have a big move coming up. you got a lot on your plate right now. I know. There's <laughs> a lot going on. So got a new baby on the way. I know. Oh, there's all yeah. sorts of things. It's good. Um, this is your first, right? This is. It's yeah. the first one. Exciting. Doing two weeks. Dude. Oh, oh dude, yeah. you might be busting out of here. I know. <laughs> Actually, I should probably make sure that my wife wasn't calling me. Yeah. No, wasn't my wife. Dude, I remember that. I had. <laughs> if your phone rings, definitely look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially, yeah, if your phone rings, you look at it. <laughs> yeah. like, we're not going to be offended here. I, I, my marriage, my, uh, my, my ex-wife, our first baby, were a set of twins. No way. So I was just on edge all day oh, like oh my gosh what's gonna happen you know so i know the feeling and then once you get your second third you're like yeah whatever yep. same same old thing <laughs> sorry no he's idea. a veteran here he's got four <laughs> <laughs> so it works out but uh but yeah um just a little bit um very first thing in your bio you're president of cold plunge studios which is a brand new thing how long has it been that you are in that role uh, tell, tell us about it too like what three is it? days it's been three days. Wow. wow. As crazy as that is. Wow. Life's moving really fast right now, and it's yeah. really interesting. There's a lot that's, um, I move very quickly, right? Like make kind of decisions on the fly. I trust my intuition. Nine times out of 10, I'm right. And the one time that I'm wrong is made up for by the other nine times <laughs> that I'm right. So yeah. I'm willing to bet on myself and, you know, have definitely developed a growth mindset around just being willing to take risks. Um, so. Yeah, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, just for a little bit of context, I joined a, a new venture called Cold Plunge Studios based in Indianapolis, Indiana. So oh, okay. we're having a baby in two weeks, and in eight weeks, we're packing up and moving across the country. Wow. Uh, so lots happening really fast, really quick. But I got connected with an awesome group of entrepreneurs uh, about two months ago. Um, and we just really, we just hit it off. We had a couple cool conversations. 
I got connected to a good friend named Sean Finnegan, and Sean introduced me to a couple people. Uh, built that friendship and relationship, and then he introduced me to a guy named Devin Johnson, who's the CEO of a software company called Connected, and they do LinkedIn outreach automation. I had one 20-minute phone call with Devin and one nine-minute phone call with Devin. And on the nine-minute phone call, he said, hey, I know this is really random, but I heard you do ice baths on TikTok. And yeah. I was like, I do. I don't, yeah, some people know me, some people don't. That's great. Um, I'm always a little like hesitant because people are like, oh, you do TikTok, but what do you do? I'm like, uh, 60 million people have seen my nipples. Like, So, that I mean, that's been the success that has come from TikTok, and I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit later. But yeah. um, Devin offered, the Indy 500 was coming up, and you know, he said, hey, I've got, a, I've got a group going to the Indy 500. We're opening up a new cold plunge studio venture. Uh, we'd love to fly you out for the grand opening and film some content, do a little bit of trade. Oh. So I ended up going out for that weekend. Again, had only talked to Devin for 29 minutes combined. Yeah. Uh, knew no one going into the weekend. And by the end of it, walked out with tons of new friends, tons of new contacts. I got a call the Tuesday after the Indy 500 and Devin was just like, hey, we we loved having you on the team. It was great seeing you interact and getting along with everyone. And we think you're kind of a missing piece of the puzzle that we have right now. Um, and so I've been talking and officially came on board as the, uh, the president and main operator of Cold Plunge Studios and uh, kind of closing out where I'm at right now with the team and um, about to make the jump into entrepreneurship with really great partners. So yeah, it's, that it's is been cool. pretty awesome. That wow. is awesome. Incredible. I want to know more a little bit about that, but yeah. you just mentioned kind of closing things down. Um, we should let everybody know where you're at right now with Silicon Slopes and kind of what your role is, why you even went there in the first place. Yeah. Talk just a little bit about that because you kind of went there in hopes to see what was next a little bit, right? Yeah, it was interesting. I So about a year ago, I was working for, I was the right hand to the mechanical engineer that built the ring doorbell. Okay. His name is Ryan Hyde. Very, I call him like a modern day Iron Man. Like no one knows who he is. He's just under the radar and just builds stuff. Like the ride Superman at uh, Six Flags. He was on the team that built like the mechanism that lifts the seat up and you like fly like Superman. Oh, no way. Built the Top Golf like golf ball tracer like 25 years ago before Top Golf was even invented. Just like tons of cool inventions. It was really cool, really cool guy. Loved working for him. Um, and we were building a new smart device company um, and I was managing a team of developers overseas. So I didn't have a whole lot going on during the daytime here. Um, I was doing a lot of work like 8 to 12 and then like 6 to 8 in the morning and then. I was just playing a lot of golf. <laughs> That's what I was doing yeah. over the summer. Um, and so I do a little, I had some work going on here, had a bunch of work overseas. And uh, I had gotten, you know, about six, six months prior to, I had gotten really deep into TikTok. I'd been building this really, um, I'd been in doing social media for about 10 years now. Started when I was 13, fun backstory there. Um, but I was, I just kind of built this curriculum around TikTok and what I was doing. So I was working with SaaS startups, helping them understand how to do customer acquisition and basically be creators on the platform. And uh, I wanted to get involved locally with what I had done with TikTok. And so I was like, oh, Silicon Slopes. I'd love to just help out. Walked through the door, asked if I could be involved. They'd, we do a big uh, Silicon Slopes summit every year that pulls about 15 to 20,000 attendees um, down at the Delta Center where the jazz play. And so I had zero expectation of anything that was gonna come. Literally just walked through the door and said, I would love to get involved. I have some free time. I don't wanna be paid. Like, let me just help out with your social media strategy. Um, so I was looking for a creative outlet and something that was, you know, would be local that I could actually go and do in person. So I was there for about two weeks just kind of helping out. And then we we're like, oh, it's actually a good fit. So I ended up coming over full time, transitioned out of 
startups that I've been in for the last three, four years, and then into helping startups with the Silicon Slopes mission. Mm. Um, and Silicon Slopes is probably one of my favorite organizations that I've ever been involved with. It's just, it's a 501c3 focused on building the tech and startup and business ecosystem inside of Utah. So yeah. just awesome to see the resources that would come together. And I got a really cool prompting when I joined the team at Silicon Slopes. Um, and the prompting was, you won't know how long you're here and you won't know how long you will work at Silicon Slopes, but when it's time to leave, you'll leave because you'll meet the people that will help you make the jump to become an entrepreneur. Ah, and, and so, you know, I received job unfolding. offers while, there, while I was there, right? And so it's, now it's come full circle and this is the jump that's allowing me to make that jump. Um, you know, because I've always, I've always had little ventures that I'll do or little side hustles or projects that I'll pick up. I have like a new one every six weeks. Um, yeah. My wife thinks I'm crazy. Um, but well, yeah, when you so jump I, into those, you jump way in. I jump way like in. How many cards do you have? I've got a collection of like 900,000 baseball cards. Jeez. So wow. during COVID went crazy Holy on crap. sports cards, had a sports card course. I've picked up like learning how to like modify watches. I've got like an underground watch modification business. Like there's just, I just, I like, just wanted to qualify yeah, that because when you. you're like, I jump into something every six weeks, it's not like I dabble. You like go in hard. Yes. That's a wild. Of like one pagers written. <laughs> um, but yeah, so made the jump and that's kind of the, the backstory on Silicon Slope. So I'm done there officially on Monday, uh, which is crazy to think about just how fast life happens. Um, you know, three years ago, I wanted to be a college athletic director. That was my goal. Yeah. I was a year and a half out from an associates, and two months two months from now in August will be three years from when I dropped out of college. So yeah. it's crazy to think, like, I'd still have a year and a half left in school if I had decided to stay in school. Yeah. And knowing how fast life really can move to make a jump, nine months later, be finally making the jump to become an entrepreneur with awesome partners. So, yeah, yeah it's been pretty fun. Yeah, it's super cool. It's sweet. Yeah, do you guys have questions? I mean, I have like a billion questions, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, well, I was scrolling through Instagram last night and saw one of my favorite football players ever, Julian Blackman. Oh, and we yeah. were golfing with him. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about how uh, getting into or how you even met with, with, the, with the Julian Blackman? That is hilarious to bring that up because it's a really funny story. Oh, so I literally, yes, I all right, perfect. Right, we're ready. No, that was great. <laughs> I, I played golf with him yesterday. I've been talking to him this morning. So three weeks ago, well, hold on. Let me give you the backstory. Um, a month ago, I was at VCon in Indianapolis with my partners. Um, and my brother texted me and said, hey, I have a friend that's at VCon. And so he's like, you should meet up with him. Uh, we served our missions together in California like 10 years ago. And I was like, cool, let's go meet up. So I ended up uh, meeting Shay Swenson. And Shay is a really good friend of mine. It's been a month now. So Shay texts me two weeks ago and says, hey, I'm, I have a foursome in a golf tournament. I'd love for you to come join me. And I was like, cool, let's see like what our group is, right? So I show up and it, uh, our group is me, Shay, the Attorney General, and Jim Herman, who was Steve Young's, Steve Young's best friend. They run uh, Huntsman Gay Global Capital. Um, so Jim wasn't able to make it. And so one of Shay's friends ended up stepping in. And so we played this golf round uh, and at the golf tournament, there was a company that was sponsoring the first hole of the golf tournament. It's a company called Logo Concepts out of Centerville. Oh, uh, hey, you know oh, yeah. those guys. You know Logo yep. Concepts, yep. yep. So I get talking with uh, Miguel and Braden, uh, and those are the two guys that were running the tent. And they're like, hey, we should meet up. Like, let's go play a round next week or something. So I'm like, great, let's do it. So I end up going and playing uh, two hours at a simulator with them. Come to find out in like the first 10 minutes, Braden went to high school with my wife and took her to homecoming senior year seven oh. years ago. Wow. <laughs> 
So we just like become, I, I'm pretty sure I'm friends with more people from my wife's high school than she is now. Just like, that's like everyone from her high school seems to be like working in startups or like is all over. And so I've just like gotten to know a bunch of people, but ended up becoming friends with Braden. He's like, oh, like I'm like, I just told him I, I do a bunch of work with athletes and there's a bunch of athletes that I know. And uh, he was just kind of talking. He's like, oh, like Julian's one of my good buddies and he's coming back into town. I'm like, let's go play around of golf. He's like, cool, Sweet. I'll get it set up. So we get it set up, and that was how we ended up playing golf yesterday. It was That's so wild. random, but it was just like, met one person, met the next person, next person knew my wife and took her to homecoming seven years ago. <laughs> he knows Julian, and then we go play around at golf yesterday. So wow. That's how, like, most of the things happen in my life. It's like, I meet someone, and then they meet, allow me to meet someone, and then I meet someone else from there, and then it's just like, you convene, and you curate, and then you connect and create things. It's That's cool. Fun. Wow. Yeah. We, write that down, will you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, so that, that's actually that's my motto um i've my old like the old uh slogan that i used to run off of was consume less and create more i used to be so focused as a content creator like pounding out three pieces of content a week right like i got to get as much out as i can i need to consume less and create more and i changed that mind frame after i started meeting people because my network has 10x in the last six months yeah um, I take very careful care of all of the people that I meet. I keep a running spreadsheet of like everyone that I come in contact with, their name, their company, how we met, when I need to follow up, notes about, like I, I make sure that I don't let people slip through the cracks. Um, but I, sh I switched that mind, that mind frame so much from like a, an individual perspective of like I'm the one that needs to be creating. Mm. And I changed it off of consume less and create more to curate, connect, and create. So when I go in and I meet someone, like I have zero agenda. I ask two questions every single time. I say, what are you working on right now that's exciting? And what are the biggest problems you face to growth? And then from there, I connect the people that I meet that have a solution to the problem that they're trying to solve and just connect people together and curating those relationships. And then down the line, there may be an opportunity for me to create something with those people. But I have zero expectation of gotcha. So change that mind frame from like consume less, create more to put the right people together by curating and understanding what they're working on and who they are, connect them with other people that can solve their problems and that can do cool things with them and then create stuff down the line. Right. That is way cool. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Mindset. I, I, I like that. And is that, is that what, um, has really, so with Silicon slopes, you know, you were worked there, you've been there how, how many years, you know, eight oh, months eight, at, at Silicon slopes. Yeah. Eight months, eight months there. Uh, Ryan, what, what did you do that you would say that would, that helped the most Silicon Slopes grow? Hmm. Like what would be, like, how did you ha walk us through your process of like going from, Hey, we want to make something bigger and what kind of content you created? What kind of, you know, other networks did you do? Kind of like what you're talking yep. about to, to, to make it grow. Yep, absolutely. So one of the things that I had seen and then I did quite a bit of work with, especially on like the TikTok and brand, like personal brand side. I have a start, I have a few startups that I'm an advisor for and work with. And a lot of what we talk about is, is leveraging the people building the business to help enhance the mission and the communication of the business. Ah, and so one of the first things that I noticed at Silicon Slopes when I came on board, so I joined, I did, I worked there for free the whole month of September, all the way up through their event. And then my, my official first day was the day, like the first Monday after the big event. Okay. So it was really cool to like see that in action and learn. And like, I basically got to like, just kind of like hang out for a couple of weeks and like actually learn about what they were doing. And that also helped me understand 
the spots for like the small and minor improvements to make a big change. So one of the things that I noticed right off the bat was there was this really big need for people to have a personal connection to the organization because everyone for so long had just connected to this big event that Silicon Slopes did, right? It was like most people don't know still in conversation that like there's stuff that happens the other 363 days of the year, yeah. right? Other than just like this big event that pulls out Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, CEO of Delta, Yahoo, Time Magazine, right? Like yeah. incredible stuff, but there's also things that happen every other day of the year that people need to be aware of. So one of the first changes that I implemented was a personal brand strategy for kind of our executive team and the, the team that was really like moving Silicon Slopes. And uh, I had like a kind of a different angle for, there were three main accounts that we were using, uh, the CEO, uh, our executive director and our chief partnerships officer. And the whole concept of Silicon Slopes is celebrating the community. So we just started creating content that was celebrating great people doing great things talking about things that were happening and focusing less from like a brand page and more on the personal side. Ah. And so we took the previous 90 days before I implemented this strategy and we did across those three accounts in the main Silicon Slopes account, we did 200,000 impressions on LinkedIn, which was our primary channel. So four accounts, which is basically like, if you split it up, that's 50,000 impressions per account over a 90 day period, which isn't super yeah. great, right? So like. After we implemented this personal brand strategy, we went from those 200,000 impressions in the previous 90 days and in the next 90 days, we did 1.2 million impressions. So Jeez. focused on like one to two posts per account per yeah. week, talking about very specific topics with a very, with a very dialed in focus on celebrating great people doing great things. Okay. And then from there increased by 1 million impressions. Yeah. in just a 90 day period. So that was probably the biggest thing. And that had so many ripple effects. Like we had our, the main revenue driver for Silicon Slopes, for example, is the big event in September is annual partnerships. So companies coming into, you know, it's 501c3. So partnering with the community organization, mm -hmm. buying a booth, buying tickets. Like I had people that were reaching out on LinkedIn, like, hey, I'd love to be a sponsor of Silicon Slopes. I'd love to be involved. And it was just like organically coming in. And it was way more effective than any other campaign we had run trying to put budget behind it or anything like that because it was an actual movement. And so one of the top comments that I've gotten since then is like, hey, it's been so fun to see like Silicon Slopes more active in the community. The only thing that we changed was the accounts that we were posting the content from. Yeah. We took the content from the Silicon Slopes brand page and started posting it from the individuals that people actually wanted to connect with. Yeah. So that was probably one of the main drivers and movers over the last little bit. That's pretty cool. I'm trying to figure out how like... We can create that. Yeah, I'm like, thinking the same thing because we have way less impressions. When you said the first numbers, it's like, wow, we would love to have that, have that amount <laughs> with Varden. What would you do with a brand that has very little impressions right now? Yep. And we have some posts that some have had. Some of it, okay, thousand, but it's but just it's, been us goofing, you know, like yeah. we want to get like. Yeah, what would you do with somebody just starting out if somebody was starting a business right now and like getting them from, we're not at zero, but say from zero to the first. 200,000 and then from there. Yeah, so it was interesting. Um, a couple months ago, February, I gave a presentation at BYU on to their BYU Sandbox program, which is really cool. If they had had that when I was there, I probably would have stayed in school. <laughs> Actually, no, I still wouldn't have stayed in school. <laughs> but um, it was really cool. Uh, incredible program. What it is is it's basically like a, it's an accelerator where they take three students. They take a designer, a developer, and then I, I want to say a marketer. And they create basically a cohort of 150 students and they're paired up and they create 50 startups. So their project, basically like the capstone project is three students get paired up together with their unique skills 
and then they build a business together and then go and create something. So from that class, there was a student that came up to me after the class that was like, hey, I've got, I have a, an uncle that's building a, a he's got an e-commerce business. I was like, sweet, tell me a little bit more about it. He's like, he's looking for help on TikTok. So I hop on a call with, uh, with Steve, the owner of the company, um, and he's building a lava sand heating bag. Okay. Okay. It's like a rice bag, but he's yeah. got a rock mixture down in Fillmore, Utah, where he creates lava sand. Doesn't smell. It's odorless. The bags don't burn. Like very unique problem to solve, okay. but it was really cool. So we started talking about some potential things that we could implement on TikTok. And when we first started, uh, he had 20 followers on TikTok, and I think the average video views were like 150, maybe like 100, you know, like 200 views. We posted our first video, which was the story of how he came up with the business idea for his business. And that's always where I like to start. Start with that story because you can, re, you can repurpose that story so many times to retell what you've done and why, you, why you're doing what you do. So that first video that we did, did 4,000 views, right? Which like compared to 200 was awesome, yeah. which then sparked up quite a bit of conversation. And after we posted that first video, he got an email from someone that said, I'd like to purchase 40,000 pounds of your lava sand. Jeez. Wow. So from that first initial TikTok, right? Yeah. And, you know, it could have come from Instagram. We were putting them on Instagram, YouTube shorts, Facebook reels, uh, and TikTok. But seven videos later, again, still, we had, I think, 40 followers when we posted this video. Seventh video went viral and did 100,000 views. And that wow. video specifically was talking about something that people, it was an engaging story talking about how when you come out of surgery, a lot of people are accustomed to get hypothermic like feelings, right? Like people get really cold. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was like certain blood loss or something. And we showed this with a very engaging video and it was literally just like a, a boxing, a package video. Mm -hmm. And so it was telling the story about like a couple students, uh, I wanna say it was like University of Stanford or Harvard that were doing a study on like how you can use heat to heal hockey players faster after a certain recovery or surgery or something. Mm -hmm. Right. So like the, the main thing that we focused on was what's a story that we can tell that includes a segue into how the product solves the problem that people are facing wow. and then yeah. allow for the personal connection rather than just saying like, you know, if I were in your guys' shoes and it's, let's say it's Varden, right? Like I'd be telling my first couple stories would be, this is how I got the idea for Varden. I'd talk about the Varden grip, right? Like I'd talk about, this is the story about how we came up with the name for Varden and yeah. allow that to be a 45 second video. And then the clothing or the product has so much more meaning than just a, this is a cool looking t-shirt, yeah. right? And so people are making that personal connection with the brand, means a lot more and they're like, oh, and you like actually understand the meaning of what Varden is. Everyone loves to be like the knowledge base of those cool random yeah, yeah. Right. little nuggets, right? Like when you first told me the story behind Varden, I remember we were in Sean Holiday's truck driving up to the Nodal Power site. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, that's genius. Like when you explained the crossover and the connection between everything, I'm like, that's a brand that people can get behind because it has more meaning than just throwing a cool shirt on, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah, so many initial thoughts on like TikTok. We can dive a little bit deeper into it though. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Yeah, this is getting my head turning for social media. It's just like, yeah. How, how that's why we have these podcasts that's why this, we bring in yeah, expertise we need to learn. like this is <laughs> yeah, recording this is awesome. we, we, we're taking notes like yeah i love it i love it so but yeah, my um my head is just spinning with oh and what about this what about that yeah um i, I want to bring up an interesting thing that's in your bio all and right. that's what i want to do so right. so i'm i am uh um i'm known for having a lot of energy so people think that my attention span is very small 
which it is. They're not wrong. Um, but like I, I've seen that you, uh, you know, like you've lived with ADHD yep. and OCD and things like that. And a lot of times people can look at that as like, oh, that's a negative impact. But a lot of people like us who like have that time are like, no, this is a good thing. I I don't want to be slowed down. Like I want to keep going. They keep my mind going. And so I'm I, I'm I'm a little bit similar. Like like when I jump into something, I just I go in like so focused head down and tr- go so deep and hard to it. Sometimes I forget to look up like oh. Oh, this is what I was hyper focused on. You know what I mean? And so, like, can you explain, like, how, like, living with these, how it's strengthened you and how it's a positive thing? And to help people understand, like, it's okay that our minds race really fast. Absolutely. This is one of, <laughs> honestly, this is probably one of my favorite things to talk about because I don't think there's enough awareness around the positivity that can be, that the uh, mental health challenges or obstacles actually mm-hmm. yield in someone's life. So I was diagnosed uh, in August of 2021 with ADHD, anxiety, depression, and OCD all at the same time. Wow. My whole life started to make sense. Like I, I used to go into social interactions, for example. We'd be hanging out with some of like my closest friends. And for the next day, I'd ruminate and just think about every single thing that I did wrong. It's like, I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have done that. I, oh. you know, I pissed this guy off because I said that. When in reality, like no one even thought twice about any of it. And so when I got the diagnosis, it allowed me to start learning and understanding like really the foundation of me. And I went on this self-discovery journey of anything that would help me remedy ADHD, depression, anxiety, and OCD. So I was actually determined to not go on ADHD medication, which looking back, I probably would have saved myself a lot of headache if I would have just gone on Adderall. Like I would have saved myself quite a bit. But it also allowed me to understand that like I went, I started doing meditation. I started going to the gym. Like all of these things that I hadn't added to my routine um, were now things that had become part of my daily life that I was so glad that they did. Like I still, three years ago, I started going to therapy and I still see a therapist every two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that is set on my routine and it's a way for me to gauge what happens in a time frame. It's like my favorite part is we start off the therapy session. My therapist is just like, so what happened in the last two weeks? Where'd you yeah. go this time? Who'd, who'd you meet? What'd you do? And it's just like, holy crap, so much can happen in two weeks. Right. So um, that was actually how I like really started getting started on TikTok was I, I realized that I was living with ADHD and there were so many others around me and so many people in the world that were also living with it that I had no idea how to handle it. And so I started documenting this journey about things that were helping me, journaling, different books, different like productivity strategies. So for like two years there, I was known as Productive Ryan. That was my name. <laughs> like I was the productive guru. I loved anything productivity. I was addicted to my desk setup, like all of those things. Um, and then uh, about a year and a half ago is in February of last year. That was when I discovered ice baths. So I'd been oh. doing cold showers for about a year. And I saw this guy doing, he had like a pickaxe and he was breaking ice on his horse trough. And I was like, that's me. I'm going to go do that. So I went to Cal Ranch, bought a horse trough for $129. And now we're here. Yeah. That's the best $129 I've ever spent, right? Like yeah. from cold bath and now I'm stepping in and running a cold bath company. Like it's so cool. Yeah. Um, but the, the things that I had to learn about myself and then learning from like going from like, I'd say it's like good, better, best, right? Like I was, I was fine. I was doing okay in life. Mm -hmm. And then I got better. And now I feel like I'm like actually the best version of myself that I've ever been. Mm -hmm. Like I'm more productive. I feel like I'm like operating at the highest level, but that had to happen. And I had to learn the actual foundation of it in order for me to know where to channel that. So people with ADHD, right? Like a million thoughts an hour, 
ever, like always a million ideas. We've got notepads. I've got four different journals. I've got three books that I'm reading in my backpack right now. And the biggest thing is understanding alertness levels and how to channel it. And when you can understand what makes you alert, what gives you dopamine, and then how to channel that to be able to make like compact and very itemized decisions, you'll just you'll you'll go a million miles an hour and you won't be able to stop. Yeah. So the issue that I face is I go three weeks. I run in three week cycles. So I'll go three weeks really strong and then I'll have one day that I crash and I sleep for sixteen hours and then I'm back up. Like it literally happens like clockwork. Like I, I literally just run. I'll go three weeks straight. My wife will be like, is tonight the night? And I'm like, yep, it's the night. Fall asleep at five o'clock and then I'll wake up at 10 the next morning and then I'm good to go for another three weeks. Oh, but that's just how I operate. It's so interesting. Wow. So how did you figure that out? Uh, I started noticing that every three weeks I would sleep for 16 hours. <laughs> <laughs> just picked up on it. Yeah. So now I just lean into it. Like that's how my body operates right now. And so I go really hard for three weeks and then I crash and then I'm back. So yeah. I don't really know if it's normal. I should probably get it checked out, but no, it's working it's, for me right now. No, it makes yeah. sense. It makes sense yeah. in my head. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. so, <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that, man. That's, that's really cool um, of you. Okay. So being a dad or upcoming dad, you have two golden retrievers, correct? I do. I do. Okay. I love golden retrievers. I have one myself. Really? I love it. They're the, it's the best dog ever. What's their name? My name or her name's Oakley. English cream. Anyway, she's it. adorable. <laughs> but how do you take all the things that happen in your personal life and balance it in with your with your professional life? Hmm. Work life balance is elusive. It doesn't exist. Um, and I like I know it's kind of tacky to say, but like I think it's more of like a work life integration and understanding what priorities you have. So um, the big thing for me, and I'm nowhere near perfect because I like literally can't shut off my brain. Um, I'll wake up at like 1130 or, uh, you know, midnight and I'll like have a notepad next to my bed and I'm like writing things down. I've gotten into the habit. I'm really glad that you can schedule messages on Slack because like I'd be messaging team members. Wait, you can do that? Yeah. Oh, sweet. And it's so nice because okay. I feel so bad because I was like, I have to get this written down and I have to send it to my team members so that I don't forget about it. And I was just like, I'm just going to schedule this for 9 a.m. So I'd like, I'd wake up and I have like five scheduled messages yeah. and it's like f- 15 pages long. Um, but the big thing that I notice is you have to understand how to like compartmentalize your life. So I break my life into four to five different areas. One, my professional life. Two, my personal life. Three, my fun life and like activities, uh, for my spiritual life and then five, my like mental and emotional life and oh, making cool. sure to prioritize each of those. Um, on my calendar, I've got a different color for each of those different, uh, uh for each of those different types of like lives that right. I have. So like pink, the color of your hat, right. For example, is like my mental and emotional personal life. I make sure to prioritize those in the mornings and then I've got an evening routine that I try to run through. And my personal, uh, like personal life is blue. I keep that going. My work calendar is green. And so I just like try to compartmentalize and allow myself to visualize when I have to change sequences that I'm in. Mm. And that helps me, like I'm a very visually cued and inclined person. And so when I, I've got a million reminders on my phone, but like when I can see that I have to change colors, I have to change lives that I'm kind of operating in to be able to make sure that I give it the proper attention so it doesn't feel neglected. So wow. that's how I've done it. That's how I found it works for me. But a lot of it just comes down to like awareness of knowing to change the hats that you're wearing. And that that's like channeling that ADD that yeah. you're talking about. Like 
like yeah. like you have all these different things and just hearing it hearing it for me i'm like holy cow that's a lot to keep track of but that's what you're talking about of like use your energy to focus your and channel that energy which is awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah otherwise true. like if you don't channel it it'll just go to waste but yeah right yeah. like there were when i was first on adhd medication like i noticed it was like whatever i woke up and felt like was the priority that was the priority for the day i've hung a lot of garage shelves yeah because i woke up and felt like that was the priority for the day. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are other days they're like cool i'm gonna move my desk across the house Let's do this. yeah and it's like 2 p.m and i'm like nah, i should probably do some work yeah <laughs> so a lot of it just comes down to like understanding and and running like lists to be able to say this has to be the priority in each of these areas and then knowing how to prioritize yeah, so that, that it's not neglected. There's a lot of power behind that. That's crazy. And that's also working, you can always just work forever. And that's kind of my downfall is I could just work nonstop. And so I do a similar thing where my wife has access so we have our own personal calendar that goes on there. Um, but if anybody has a meeting that they want to set, because all my personal stuff and all the other things that you're talking about are on my calendar as well. I'm like, oh, sorry, I can't. I have something that right then. Yeah. They don't have to know that it's not a work thing, but it's just as important as work things. And so usually people are flexible and they can move things around. Right. But if you don't prioritize it, then things just get in the way. Yeah. And all of a sudden you realize, man, I really want to be doing this with my kids and this with my wife and I want to be doing these other things. Um, so yeah, I love that you did It's that just so much power behind that. So, yeah. but Ryan, um, tell me a little bit more about like what you have for the future of cold plunge. I know you're going to get ready to start it. Yeah. You know, tell us, tell us more what the future of what cold plunge is going to look like within the next year, like maybe six months, year, five years. What's that going to look like? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I'm really excited. <laughs> okay. And that, that's the funny thing is like, I, I actually have a video that I'm working on right now for uh, TikTok, and it's uh, the title of the video is "Why I Don't Believe in Five Year Plans." Okay, um, and cool. that's because three years ago I wanted to be a college athletic director. Mm. Three years ago I was in school, like I was being primed for a position that literally just opened up last summer, right. and it was like if I had stayed on that path, the one of the things that my therapist taught me was that there's no set way that things should or could be done. And so I like have completely tried to remove the word should and could from my vocabulary. Like anytime I'm driving on the freeway, I'm like, that guy should be driving faster. I'm like, no, he shouldn't. Like he, he doesn't have to, like he can drive whatever he wants. Why am I worried about what he's doing? So the thing for me and the future of cold plunge is I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I know that there's a ton of positive momentum behind it and there's a ton of opportunity. And so allowing that to be the driver. Um, so for reference, a lot of people probably may, that are listening to this, like what actually is cold plunge? <laughs> it's a, the technical term is a Nordic bathhouse. So the therapy is called contrast therapy. So going from really hot temperatures to really cold temperatures, tons of physical and mental benefits, um, just really good for your overall health. So we've got most of our locations will end up being about 1700 square feet. That's what our uh, first location in Indianapolis is right now. 1700 square feet, it's got an 80 square foot sauna and then four ice baths in the back and you rotate and go back and forth between the tubs. Cool. Um, so just opened up about two weeks ago. Uh, we've got 25 customers already and we have 70 people on a wait list to franchise. Oh, cool. Oh, so sweet. Oh, wow. It's moving really fast. And the plan hopefully is within the next 12 to 18 months, we have three corporate stars open. Uh, and then we have about 22 uh, franchises open within the next 24 months. Sweet. So. That's the plan to have about 25 locations total open in the next two years. Uh, and we can do it. There's a ton of positive, positive momentum behind it. And it's rallying and bringing on the right team to make that actually happen. And that is fruition. cool. 
That is really cool, man. That is really fast. And I like that. I really like that a lot because I think one of my pet peeves, and I'm just discovering this as I'm getting older, is, and it's something my mom always taught me. My mom always taught me two things. One, it's always, it's better to be nice than to be right. Thanks, Jeannie Wayman. She, you know, so she taught me that. And then the other thing is don't worry about things that haven't happened yet. Yeah. You know, and so I really like that of like, yeah, don't worry about what's going to happen in five years because it can change within 30 days, you know, it can change within a day, yeah. you know, of what that's going to be. And so like, yeah, that's one of my pet peeves. Like, well, what happens if this happens? Well, I don't know. Like it might happen or what, what if this, what if that, what if like, I think all those, what ifs, it's like, it doesn't matter because it hasn't happened yet. So right. why worry about it? Right. That's, that's how I think. And so I, I like that as well. Well, and so. you can spend so much time thinking about what could happen, but again, there's no set way that it could or that it should happen. And Correct. so Really, the only thing that you can respond and that you can actually control is how you think, what you, what you think, and then how you respond to other people's actions. Yeah. And that's the only thing that you can like actually control in any situation. And so understanding that allows to guide the principles that move your life forward because you don't have to be worried about how things could or should be. X, Y, and Z, yes. Yeah. yeah. So one thing that's kind of interesting, you obviously jumped into this position that you're going to be helping to launch this company and roll it forward. Um, we've had some conversations prior, but I'd love for these guys and everyone that's listening to kind of, it's not something where you're just kind of shooting from the hip. You set specific criteria for the opportunity that you were looking for, and you looked at multiple opportunities. What was some of that criteria where you're like, if I'm going to do something, it's got to fulfill these things. And like, how did you come about that? And what did that look like? That's yeah. a great question. Um, so, for a little bit of context on this, um, I went to dinner with a, a guy by the name of Paul Hutchinson a couple weeks ago. Um, he co-founded a real estate investment group called the Bridge Investment Group. They currently manage, I think it's $48 billion in active assets. So just absolute baller. And that dinner seriously changed my life in perspective. There were so many cool things that were just talked about. You know, I, It was me and my wife and him and his wife. Um, so it was a really cool dinner. One of the things that he talked about was that he created his wife. I was like, huh, that's really interesting. Hmm. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, yeah I'm listening. Like, my ears like are peaked. Pokemon 2000, <laughs> Mewtwo, Mewtwo, little shindig, you know. Yeah. Um, so what he talked about was that there, he was on his third marriage, and he talked about how he wanted to be very specific about what he was looking for in his future companion. Um, and so he wrote down every quality everything that not like limiting himself to what it was but like you did that i did this yes twice there you go <laughs> right so like he he was very specific about the things like personality traits and how they want to how he like wanted to get along with them and things that were important to him and lo and behold like a couple weeks later everything checks the box yes and again not that he was like very restricting and like you have to be xyz but like these are kind of the frameworks and the guidelines that i'm looking for and so I replicated that and you know, I'd gotten this prompting when I joined Silicon Slopes that was like, you won't know how long you're going to be here. You could be here for two months, you could be here for two years, but you, there will be an opportunity that comes down the line. And so like, I wasn't naive to that, but I also wasn't looking to like leave the organization in any rush. Right. I was, I was working on an awesome team doing awesome things. And the thing for me was like, I realized that I'd gotten this prompting, but I hadn't actually done anything to like be prepared for when an opportunity arose for me to like know that it was the right thing. So I replicated what Paul did and I, on my flight out to Indianapolis, 
I journaled 25 pages of everything that I would look for in an opportunity and what I was looking mm. for in my life. So the main criteria that I was looking for, again, zero expectation, but it was like, I wanted partners that would allow me to operate as an owner. I wanted to be able to feel ownership in something because I always feel so much more passionate about something when it's something that like I'm building, not like selfishly, but like that I'm building for me. Like it's something that I'm driving, that I can have the decision-making power to be able to move things along. Um, so I wanted to be able to feel like I had ownership. I wanted partners that enjoyed having fun and that looked for like opportunities to, cool, to do cool things, right? That like didn't have to think twice about going and having fun. Let's go play around in golf, right? Like I didn't want to be stingy where it was just like, we have to be in the office nine to five every single day. That's not what I'm looking for. So I wrote down um, the opportunity to be an owner, partners that cared about and that operated equally and then the freedom and flexibility to go and do and move as I pleased. And those were the three main things that I wrote down. Um, and I wanted to be able to take my wife on fun vacations and I wanted to be able to do things with our family. And I didn't want to have to think twice if I was, you know, going to be looked at odd if I was going to go film a podcast with someone, right? right like, yeah. There's all these kind of like intricacies that I had noticed over the years working with good people and bad people that like I had basically known what I wanted in an opportunity. So I took the time to write that down. And when this opportunity presented itself, it checked every single one of those boxes, like to a T. And it was crazy because it was like, uh, you know, the, one of the other things that Paul talked to me about when we did a podcast was the, the universal law of equivalent exchange, how anything that you put out into the world, you will get something of equal or greater true value in return. Yeah. And that's, it's a universal law, right? Like, any friendship that you put out there, you'll see something that comes back in return, if it's meant to be. And so I love this concept of like, I need to put something out there. I need to be very specific about what I'm looking for. And I know that when the opportunity comes, I'll be able to quantify and qualify if it's the right or wrong decision. And that's exactly what happened. Dude, I'm so glad you said that because this will be the last thing I say and then we'll wrap things up um, just because, but dude, I did the exact same thing. So, um, I wrote down, so when I, I was on my mission and I was like, you know what? I'm going to write down what qualities I want and why, you know? And I put like the dumbest stuff like, hey, she's got to like country music. She's got to like eating fish, right? Like, cause I like to catch fish and I like to eat, you know? And I wrote all these little nitty gritty things. And then, so when I came home, I wanted to get married and uh, I was like, oh sweet. I want to get married. Here's a girl. She's, she's hot. Like I'm going to marry her. And then like, I went through and I was like, ah, it's okay. She doesn't like country music. Ah, it's okay. She doesn't like fish. Ah, it's okay. She doesn't have a good sense of direction. You know what I mean? Like all these random things and I tried to justify it. And then, you know, 10 years later I got divorced. So then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this again, but I'm not going to waver from my list. And so I went and I wrote this list down and, and like, they, they, she has to ride motorcycles. She has to like, let me ride motorcycles, you know, like she has to not question me. If I say, Hey, I'm going on a motorcycle ride. I don't need 10 other questions, you know, to go along with the motorcycle ride. Cause she knows how it works. Right. And so then I, and I was like, she's got to like fish. She's got to like country music. Like, I'm sorry, you're on road trips and you don't have the same music taste. That, that causes tension. That's Just a long be thinking road about that, bro. I'm telling you cars. <laughs> okay. Like. And so make a list, just like what you're saying, of all these qualities. And then there was some lists like, ah, oh, she's got to like the boat show. And I'm like, I don't know, is that really that important? Because I love the boat show. And I was like, all right, I'll leave that one out because not everyone has to be wired just like me. You know, and then I found out when my, my, my wife that I married, my, um, she, she feels all that. And then she feels all the other ones that I was kind of iffy about putting on the list, right? Yeah. Why have I not thought about that doing that in my career, bro? 
Like, seriously. Like, it makes so much sense in my head to do that. Like, it makes so much sense in my head to be like, okay, this is what I want. I want, I want, I want a title like this. I want to be able to do this with my time. I want to be able to make this. I want to be able to create, you know, all these things. Like, I think we need to be, I'm going to do that. You know, I like that. I am seriously going to do the exact same thing I did with And I'm going to do that with other things too. You know, a lot of what we talked about when you came here, we talked about your wanting certain things. So I think you did it to some degree. Right. But maybe you didn't physically write it. No, down. no. And like, I really want to do like yeah. the same thing I did with my wife. I don't know why I didn't think about that with my career. So thank you for sharing that. And I will step down due to time. I'll let you guys wrap up with your last final questions. Well, but the, I want to add one thing. The other thing that I would add is understanding the intention of why you want those things. Okay. Right. Cool. So like the times that three years ago I was making $12 an hour. I was yeah. running the social media for UVU athletics. Loved it. I absolutely loved it, but I was making $12 an hour. Yeah. And every time that I've struggled financially in my life has been when I've wanted money. Mm. It's been when I've been like, I've had the ill intention of like, I'm just going to go out and make money. And that's the only reason that I'm going to do that. But as soon as I like removed all emotion from money, and realized that like money is literally just a transaction. That was one of the things that I learned during COVID. We didn't get into this a little bit, but like I got very deep into sports cards. I spent yeah. $300 of a, a stimulus check, bought six boxes of basketball cards at Walmart, and within the next nine months, moved $40,000 worth of product from Walmart. So like it, <laughs> I literally turned that $300, like red paperclip story. Like I have yeah. never been in the red with that sports card collection. Wow. since that $300 investment. Wow. And so like I realized it was like there's so much value in literally just exchanging with people. Like that's mm. that's what life is. It's it's all exchanges. And so removing the emotion from money for me, for example, was the thing that allowed me to make more money because I wasn't so dependent on I have to make x amount of dollars in order to survive this month. Like it's it seems counterintuitive to say but like as soon as you stop worrying about that, yeah. then it's provided for you. Because you're allowed to focus on the other things that go into the equation, like who are the people that I'm going to be making money with? What's the situation that I'm going to be doing it in? What's the exchange? What's the value return? And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I don't even have to worry about the money because it comes. It's it's a natural part of the exchange. There has to be that value there. Right. So being very intentional about like why you're writing those things down and what you want to get out of it, knowing that like you don't have to be a multi-billionaire in order to make an impact in the world, but like. I love being able to not have to second guess if I can pay for someone's groceries at the grocery store when I see that they don't have enough money. Right. right? Yeah. It's like things like that that allow you to provide for that, but it's like it's also not wrong to want to boat and to go out and wake surf. Like that. Right. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. Like it, it's it's not bad at all. So just understanding the intention allows you to understand the return and why you're receiving what you're receiving. Okay. Return. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for stepping that up. I'm gonna do that. I'm doing I like that. that. I have one more question, and we were talking about this yesterday on the golf course. A very simple question. What makes you go back and golf? Keep going. Oh, yeah. It's very if you can, if Yeah, here, can I help rephrase the question? Rephrase the question. I messed it up. If there's one thing that in golf that keeps you coming back, what is the one thing? Ooh. So, as an example, tell him why you go. When you hit a good shot and it lands five feet from the pin. Like the like feeling. He's about to. Yeah. Oh, that feeling just. That one drive when we went, yes, that was about the only one hit that I hit good. But and for me, that one drive, it's for me, shots. as weird as it is, it's the sounds. I love the sound of the club just it's going through. Tone. Yeah, oh, is it's it? It's literally my ringtone. Yeah. yeah, and then like just hitting the center of the driver and just oh, a yeah. ping, and then you just hear the ball. You know, like yep. oh, that's um, what I like about golf. I would have given you a different answer like three years ago, 
because three years ago I was a little bit more angry of a person. <laughs> outlet, I'm like, I'm gonna crush this ball, and then it ended up just making me more pissed off because I was like, I can't hit the ball. <laughs> um, the thing that keeps me back is being outside. Okay, um, that's great. And like, as funny as that is, like I like I'll spend three hours in the car today, right? And yeah. So like. I'm just sitting in my car. Like I drove up from American Fork to Ogden, then to American Fork, and then I have to go to Lehigh, and then I have to go to Midway, and then I have to come back down, and then I have to go to Lehigh, and that all happens in the next 12 hours. Yeah. Right? And so it's just like I spend so much time either in the car or inside, and so the ability to, like, for nine holes, get out for two hours, or 18, get out for, you know, four hours. Uh, tomorrow I'm playing 36 holes. And Sweet. So eight hours outside, and that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just nice to, like, have something that slows you down and gets you outside. Yeah. And then the occasional, like, bad shot will get you upset, but then it's, like, it's the good shots that keep you coming back. Yep. So. Oh, yeah. And one other thing to kind of add to that, like, skiing is my passion, but I rarely go skiing by myself. Yeah. Right? So it's the people you go with as well, right? It's, it's all about connection with nature but with people. Um, both things for me, because yeah. so, I don't think I've I don't think I've gone and done nine holes by myself still. Hmm. Like yeah, never done it's either. always with someone I going yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. The best investment I ever made was I bought a country club, not a country club membership. I bought a membership to a course down in Utah County. Uh, the ranches gets a lot of crap. Best value in the state, hands <laughs> down. I love it. Yeah, hundred bucks a month for unlimited golf with a cart. Oh, what? what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No brainer. I think with inflation, it's a little bit higher. I think it's one thirty-five a month now. But still, but that also Un includes range balls. Unreal. Wow. Um, but Wait, why does that get heat? Uh, <laughs> the course isn't always in the best condition. So for hundred bucks a month, who cares? I know, right? Like it's you get so much practice out <laughs> yeah. of it. But I've also met so many people from that. That was the hands down the best investment that I ever made because it allowed me to branch out from like the normal group that I play with, mm -hmm. and like. I literally, I would, I would ask to get put in groups that had three people already. Okay. Whereas most people would like opt to go out and play by themselves if right. they're just like trying to get through a round. Like I literally would put myself in situations where it's like, I, I'm a single, put me with three randoms so I can get to know them by the end of it. Bro, wow. Dude, what a that. business strategy. That's going to yeah. be our new, like, like that. that's our call oh, blocks is yeah. golf blocks. Golf blocks. We go single and we just go with random people and we just, there you go. That's our business. That's our go. business Dude, model. I like it a lot. I want to talk for, and we're yeah. going to go to lunch after this. We'll have a chance to talk more, but um, we're kind of out of time. But my last question relates to exactly what we were just talking about. Who else do you think we need to have here on this podcast? Somebody that we maybe don't know that we should get to know. Okay. That really epitomizes the Barden brand. Mm, I love that. I'm going to give you five. Sweet. You got to write it down, Carson. <laughs> Let's go. Um, the number one is Megan Prince. She's the VP of sales at Zenny. Really cool startup here in Utah. Um, well, I think they're in California. I can't remember where they're at. She's here in Utah. Yeah. She was the VP of sales uh, at Weave and helped build and scale the sales team at Weave. Okay. Phenomenal mind, very, very connected, and just like understands how the world works. She's awesome. Um, the next one, have you had Sean Holiday on the podcast? Uh, we've been trying to. We've been trying to just yeah. schedules. You need to have Sean Holiday. That's one of my best friends. Sean Holiday on the podcast, absolute no brainer. Uh, the next one is Sean Finnegan. Uh, Sean is my friend that connected me with Devin, who are now my partners, and Sean's an investor in Cold Punch Studios. Cool. Um, I'll connect you with Sean Finnegan. Absolute uh, just beast. Uh, the next one that I would say is AJ Brow, and she is the CEO of a company called Wander. Uh, they create <gasps> like interactive maps. Yes. 
Uh, sorry, keep going. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I do this I, all the time. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're good. Well, now you can't just say that and then like no. No, so uh, no, so uh, so I'm a maps guy. Like I love like so like my. You strike ner- me as a maps guy. No, like <laughs> the nerdiness. Like everyone has their weird little niche that they're actually credible at doing something, and I didn't know this was a credible thing. So th- th- I'll just hurry and sum this up. I'm sorry. This is this is this is important. So the maps thing. Okay. Yes. So um, on my mission, we we weren't allowed to read anything but the 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 scriptures. That's it, and preach my gospel. That's it. And so I was upset about this, but I love maps. And so I said, President, can I can I read a map atlas? He's like, well, sure, you can read a map atlas. And dude, I know more about Arkansas than, than I should. I've never even been there. You know, like I love studying maps. And I, I love to study where lakes are and stuff on the map. So when we're flying in airplanes, I can look out and say, oh, we're over Texas because that's Rockwell Lake. That's Lake Travis. That You know what I mean? Because I've, I study maps. Anyway, long story short, we were doing prospecting, and I saw Wander Maps. And I wanted to reach out to her yep. and learn about her mapping system because I'm, I'm, I have base maps, I have uh, Onyx, I have every mapping app you can think of because I love maps. So yes, could you introduce me I'll to her? <laughs> Thank you, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm super stoked about. I'll tell her she's uh, you're her number one fan. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes. You would make a great helicopter tour guide. Oh man! Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. even get me started. Don't even get me started. Episode, we'll talk about that. Yeah, episode, episode two. Yeah. Um, all right. So okay, uh, cool. Thank you. Sorry for the tangent. No, I liked it. Megan Prince, Sean Holiday, Sean Finnegan, AJ Brow, and a guy named Spencer Glasgow. Spencer okay. is the founder of a product called Zook. It's a headache relief pump. Really cool. Wow. Super random. Found it on TikTok. Did a case study on them got an email, they sent me one, and then I got an email that was like, hey, your order is gonna be delivered late. Sorry, we had an influx of 10,000 orders come in over the weekend. Wow. So literally this like little, like it's like a syringe. You like put it in your ear and pump it and it stimulates some central nerve and it reduces headaches. Wow. 70% success rate, approved by the FDA, super sweet. Um, but he is like, I think he's 26, BYU dropout, and just absolutely killing it. Wow, like, yes. Yeah, the amount, wow, I think friend. he does 40,000 shipments a month. Jeez. Out of his garage. That's awesome. What a guy. Like just absolutely killing it. So when you, you know, I know that the topic of this podcast is breaking from tradition. Yes. Right? And I think there's so many, I mean, I could give you 15 people right now that you guys right. need to interview, but I would start with those five. Let me know when you're done with those and I'll send you a couple more. But yeah. Absolutely. Um, those, and then we'll have are, you on for episode, for the next episode, round go. two, because we want to learn about, about cold plunge and oh. maps and everything, dude, yeah. everything. <laughs> cool. I love it. Yeah. I'll send over intros to those five though. They're really good. Thank you. Sweet. That's really cool of you, man. Awesome. Seriously, I want to keep this going, but um, we're going to have opportunities to chat again. I love it. This yeah. is exactly why we have the Varden Podcast is because we want to connect more with our people. We met, what, two months ago? Yeah. Maybe not quite even that long ago. A month and a half. Um, so as you're saying, oh, this is my best friend. I met him a month ago. I'm like, I understand exactly why. Like, you connect with people really well. Um, that It's exactly why you have a huge following on TikTok. I wanted to kind of get into, like, how you kind of plan and do those different things, but really what I kind of feel is really your authenticity kind of shines through. You're like talking about things that are important to you, not trying to think, how am I going to get a bunch of views and this and that? Like you're just really connecting with people. I feel like as we do that with businesses and just in our personal lives, like that's how everything moves forward. So anyways, thank you so much for being on. Yeah. Thanks man. Ryan Boswell. Awesome. Appreciate it. Really. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Okay. We'll see you next time. Let's go to eat. Let's go eat.